with great power comes great responsibility. I'm Batman. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Maybe your army comes, and maybe it's too much for us, but it's all on you. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. Superhero Marathon Spectacular! Well, welcome to day number 14 of the Superhero Marathon. Uh, we're done with the Fantastic Four radio show. <laughs> so some of you might be pleased with that or are not listening to the uh, marathon anymore. Some of you may be disappointed. I, I kind of wish it would have gone on for a while. But uh, I have plenty of other things to present to you here this month. So uh, one of the things that has been on Patreon that has not been on the main feed, except for maybe once, I think. I think the very first episode of the Comics Cave, which I did like four years ago, three years ago, went out on the main feed. It was when I talked about the very last issue of the second Man Thing comic series, and I talked a lot about. I, I only, I only explored the plot of that one issue, but I also talked about the history of the Man Thing, and each time a new character was introduced, I kind of explained where that character came from and some of the history in the Man Thing mythology, and so uh, it, it went on for quite a bit, even though I only talked about one issue of the comic. And uh, Chris Claremont of X Men fame from the 80s also wrote the the last half of the this man thing comic and the the final issue called hell's gate which is where i sprung all my conversation from in that first comics cave uh he introduced a character like late in the game like the second to the last issue of john kowalski and explained that he was the embodiment of death which is a very interesting character but then of course <laughs> It was the second to the last issue, so nothing got explored with John Kowalski. I come to find out that character came from another comic that Chris Claremont had written on, maybe around the, probably at the same time, which was called War is Hell. And so, you know, when I started thinking about what did I want to do for an offshoot of that Comics Cave episode, I, th I thought, well, I should find out more about John Kowalski. And so I read the Chris Claremont issues of War is Hell and found it pretty fascinating. And so that's what I dedicated this offshoot to. Now, you might be thinking, what, what is an offshoot? Why are you doing an offshoot? So I decided after I had gotten going again on the Comics Cave that because my Comics Cave episodes are only available on Patreon at the $5 level. And so I thought, well, how can I entice my my lowest tier, the $1 a month level of my Patreon, that they might be interested in these Comics Cave episodes. So I thought, oh, I could do a short little offshoot episode and run that for anybody who's a Patreon member. So 
Uh, that's what I did. I, I actually started after I recorded episode number three of the Comics Cave. It's when I did my first offshoot. And then now I'm going back and trying to catch up on the first two. And I've progressed with that offshoot ever since. And so I thought as part of this uh, superhero marathon that I'm doing uh, across onto the main feed that I would present those offshoot episodes here on the main feed during the this marathon. And, and maybe that would interest people to go check out the, the main Comics Cave episodes on Patreon as well. You know, like I say, this is kind of a pledge drive. This is kind of a, a springboard maybe uh, to hopefully interest people in going to Patreon and seeing what I have to offer over there. Uh, speaking of that, since the Patreon members have already had the ability to listen to this episode, I didn't want to just put this on the Superhero Marathon and then not give my Patreon members something, because I'm always trying to think of extra things that my Patreon members can get that you can't get just by listening to the main feed. So uh, today, over on Patreon, I'm doing one of my uh, monthly personal addresses, or Patreon address, whatever you want to call it, uh, towards the beginning, you know, as close as I can get to the beginning of every month, I record a special episode just for Patreon members to talk about my life, talk about what I'm doing with my writing, some of my goals. I talk about the podcast and things that are coming up and several other subjects. I also started doing a, a question of the month where people on Patreon can ask me a question and on the monthly address, I will answer the question of the month. So that's been kind of fun. So anyway, that's what's playing over on Patreon today. Um, so yeah, if you want to go check that out, you can jump in at the $1 level and do that. But hey, I'm, I'm talking way too long, but I'm just kind of introducing this concept of what these offshoot episodes are so that you, you know where this is coming from. Um, and when, when I get into the offshoot and I reference the previous episode of the Comics Cave, you're not scratching your head and thinking, well, what's he talking about? So anyway, there's my long-winded explanation <laughs> of what's going to come up over the next few days. So uh, we'll start out here with the War is Hell Comics Cave offshoot. And I'll just sign off here and, and the end of that offshoot will be the end of today's episode. Journey on. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to this first Comics Cave offshoot. Actually, this isn't the first. I started doing this with uh, the third Comics Cave, and then I followed through on the fourth Comics Cave, and I thought, you know, I should go back and do an offshoot for the first two Comics Cave episodes. So here I am doing my offshoot for the very first Comics Cave, which was... The last issue of the second volume of The Man-Thing, uh, which was issue 11 titled Hell's Gate. And there was a character in there that I briefly talked about. I mean, I guess as he applied to the, the events of the plot of that issue. Uh, but his name was John Kowalski. And I talked about him being the embodiment of death. And I briefly said, yeah, he had this comic book uh, back in the 70s called War is Hell. Well, actually, this Man-Thing episode was from the 70s. 
Uh, but it was like 1974 when this War is Hell comic book came out. And so I, I went back and I and I found that on my Marvel Unlimited. And I read the last six issues of that comic. Now, there's only 15 issues of War is Hell. But it's only available starting at issue 9. And then it goes through issue 15. And those were all written and, and by Chris Claremont, who actually wrote the, the Man-Thing comic for a bit there at the end also. And so Chris Claremont knew John Kowalski very well, and he brought him into the Man-Thing, even though it was just before that <laughs> series ended as well. Um, War as Hell, the first six issues of War as Hell were just reprints of old atlas comics era uh, war comics and then i guess issues seven and eight were reprints of some old sergeant fury and his howling commandos comics but starting in issue nine chris claremont took over and he started writing original scripts and he introduced us to this character of john kowalski i'm trying to make this short so i'm, I'm kind of rushing through it so the basic outline is in the 1930s, John Kowalski was a sergeant in the United States Marine Corps, and he received a Medal of Honor for his service. But then, in 1937, he was charged with treason for undisclosed reasons. They never explain why, uh, but he's dishonorably discharged, and he's also deported to his country of origin, which was Poland. So that was kind of interesting, but you'll you'll see why in a minute. So, issue 9 is titled War is Hell, the namesake of the comic itself. But we catch up with John on his birthday on September 1st, 1939. On that day, he witnessed Germany invade Poland, starting World War II. Or at least a lot of people said that was the beginning of World War II. Now, the day before, John had been begged by a man named Eric Ostergen. And he was from the German anti-Hitler underground. And Eric begged John to help him warn the people of the, the coming invasion. But John just blew him off. And then after witnessing the bombing of his town and uh, found his girlfriend dead, John instantly regretted not helping him. And then he, later on, he found Ostergen in, among the rubble. And Ostergen uh, cursed him with his last breath. And um, later on, he got in a fight with a deranged scavenger and a chimney fell on them. And basically at that point, John is killed. He doesn't realize it at first. He meets death who is, you know, the full grim reaper skull face. And uh, this death in this comic is very sadistic and pleasures in people's pain and, and death and, and all these things, much different from what we've seen in Marvel in later years. But John doesn't understand why he didn't go to heaven or hell. But death tells him that due to Ostrogan's curse, he says, a coward dies a thousand times before his death, and you will die them all. And so that sets up the series. And so the rest of the series is Kowalski's soul being transported into different people's dying bodies. And witnessing all the horrors of war and and finding empathy for all these people. And um, so it's kind of a morbid version of Quantum Leap. 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I, it, wow, I, I'm, I'm really glad I read this comic because it's just so bizarre and, and so weird. And it's cool that this is very early. This is like one of the first comics that Chris Claremont worked on for Marvel. He had done like a Daredevil and a an Incredible Hulk and a few other little things. But uh, this, I think this was the first one he had as a main book for, for at least these six issues. Starting in issue 11, then, the tagline, at the, you know, at the beginning, the, the first page of the comic has a little tagline to explain what the, the comic's all about, especially in the 70s, they did that. And uh, so this this tagline on the first page reads, My name is John Kowalski. I am dead. I died on my birthday, the first day of the Second World War, and was reborn, restored to, quote, life. I'm a spirit now, cursed to wander this world at war, possessing people at the instant of their deaths. For a time, I become those people. For a time, I live only to die again. So, yeah, that, that's the basic premise of what we've set up here. Um, and then it's interesting on the on the cover of the comic, starting in issue 13, the, the cover, the little words above the title says, the weirdest combat series of all. And I, I agree with that statement. This is the weirdest thing, but it's it's really cool because it's just kind of a neat premise. And we actually go through several different parts of World War II and all the battles and conflicts that were going on, especially in Europe, we focus on, I think. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting. So I'm going to go through each issue real quick and tell you uh, where where it's at, when it's at, and uh who Kowalski possesses. And then maybe I'll go back and fill in a few. Well, maybe I'll fill in some details along the way. I'm trying to make these really quick, these offshoots. You know, I was tempted to, to make this just in and of itself an episode of the Comics Cave, but I, I want to keep it short and, you know, just make this a little offshoot. So uh, bear with me here. So I've, I've covered the events of issue nine. Issue 10 is called The Corridor. And it takes place again in Poland uh, in September of 1939, so pretty much right after the first issue. Uh, in this issue, Kowalski possesses a Dr. Simon Bach of the Curie Institute in Warsaw. And uh, he was an agnostic Jew, but at this point he's pretending to be an American uh, to get safe passage. And so they're marching through this safe conduct corridor to an evacuation ship for neutral citizens. Uh, he's got a family. He's got this American friend that helped them get out. And eventually he gets caught in a Polish attack on the Germans. And uh, he sacrifices himself uh, to take out a German tank and dies at the end. Uh, but you get to know these people and these characters and see the war from their point of view. Uh, issue 11 is called Winter Kill. It's in Finland in December of 1939, and in this one, Kowalski possesses a Major Jan Furen of the uh, Finnish Army Reserve. So in this one, he's he's ordered to take a small company of his men to hold back an insurmountable number of Russian forces while the main army establishes a new line of resistance. So they have a successful battle against the Russians in the Ashiri Valley, and he's wounded but after the battle, he also feels a change in the weather, 
and he orders his company to take shelter and hunker down you know really quickly he's like we got before the storm hits and so there is a brutal storm eventually uh Fearon dies uh, but the Finnish army finds the entire Russian deployment frozen stiff on the battlefield. They were caught unawares. They didn't have winter weather or winter clothing and all that kind of stuff. Now, it says in the comic that the Russians named this the Valley of the Damned and never venture there again. I did look this up. You know, the, these are our fictional events, but there really was this battle in Finland between with Russia. And there is this battle of... Suomasalmi, where um, a small Finnish army did take on a much larger Russian army and win. So it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's it's not total fact, but it's based on things that really happened in World War II. So you can tell that uh, Claremont did his research. Uh, issue 12, and this one's hard not to speak a lot about. So it's called My Love Must Die. Um, it takes place in a fictional town, I think, of Chengsna, China, in the spring of 1940. Um, in this one, Kowalski possesses a Colonel Sesu Takeda of the Imperial Japanese Army. And, well, yeah, I guess just, just let me get through this as quick as I can. Um, it starts out, you know, he's leading executions. And eventually a, a Chinese woman named uh, Suin visits Takeda uh, to plead for her son's life, who was scheduled to be executed as a partisan. Now, it turns out that Suin was an ex-love and unofficial wife of Kowalski from 16 years previous, and he finds out that this boy that she's trying to protect is actually his son. You know, the, the story goes that they fell in love, and John became friends with her English adopted father. Eventually, some nationalist troops were moving in, moving toward Shanksna, and when John's men showed up to evacuate uh, Suin's family, uh, they were mistaken for the nationalists, and in a firefight, uh, Suin's father and brother were killed, and Suin blamed John and uh, cursed him forever, cursed his name forever. And uh, so then we go back to 1940. That was There was a lot in there as a, as a backstory. But uh, this time it's interesting because John can't control what... Uh, Takeda does. He's just along for the ride on this one, or at least for now. Um, but anyway, the colonel tells Suin that uh, he'll spare her son if she agreed to submit herself to him, quote, in all things, in all ways. And uh, she agrees to this. John wants to stop it, but he really can't do anything about it. Death comes in and kind of taunts him, saying he's Either his wife or his son must die and that John has to choose. In this one, John is able to defy death. He he influences Takeda enough to write papers to ensure that uh, Suin will get safe passage with her son uh, to go to Shanghai and eventually America. And he finished these papers just prior to being killed by partisans. And then uh, Suin asks him why he did this for her and John is able to kind of possess the body more and tell her that he loves her. And she actually kind of sees John or senses John for an instant. So that was an interesting episode. And I'm sorry I, I went so much into that, but uh, I thought that was that needed to be explained. Again, these, I'm trying to make this short. Uh, issue 13, uh, today is a lovely day to die. 
This takes place in the English Channel and then eventually uh, Dunkirk, France, on June 1st, 1940. This is a famous event that happened during World War II where, you know, many, many ships went to save uh, the soldiers that were stranded at Dunkirk. Uh, there's been movies and books and all kinds of things uh, written about Dunkirk. Uh, so anyway, uh, in this one, Kowalski uh, possesses a John Brabham uh, of the British Royal Air Force. And his plane crashes into the water. He's picked up by a river pleasure cruiser on its way to rescue soldiers at Dunkirk. Uh, the skipper's son is all excited about the war and the planes and the action. And he wants to go ashore when they need to do repairs at uh, Dunkirk Beach. Uh, Death tells John to show the boy the horrors of war. They go out, they witness uh, many things and become endangered uh, when German tanks are trying to force their way over a bridge into Dunkirk. Eventually, the the tank and the bridge are destroyed by Scottish troops, uh, but the boy watches as a German soldier burns to death. And that, that changes his mood, changes his mind about what's going on with this war. Uh, John kind of felt good about this experience, uh, but then he learns, uh, probably from death, I guess, that uh, the boy would be killed four years later at Normandy. So <laughs> there's no happy endings for John Kowalski in this. Uh, let's see, real quick, issue 14, The Duty of a Man. This takes place in Norway um, in April of 1940. So it's kind of bouncing around in time as well as places. But that's the interesting part is there's so many facets of battles and war that's going on at this time that uh, you learn. I, I learned a lot. I mean, it's not, it's all fictional, but it is based on uh, things that were really going on during World War II. Uh, in this one, Kowalski possesses a Captain David Mueller. This time, this is actually a German army paratrooper, uh, captain. And then, uh, and so uh, German troops uh, parachute in to overtake the small town of Skalso. Norway, and uh, they they end up locking all the remaining citizens of this town in a bar- barbed wire stockade. John tries to be less harsh to the prisoners, um, but of course his loyalty to, to the Fuhrer is questioned by his men, one in particular. But he, he listens to the people and sees their fear and remembers the fear that he felt when he was in Poland, especially when he was uh, possessing the uh, the Jewish doctor Bach. Ultimately, he arranges for the prisoners to escape the fjord on a ship while he holds off the German army and dies. Of course, he dies as a result at the end of the comic. Like I said, it's kind of like a morbid quantum leap because he just bounces from body to body and experiences these things. Okay, last issue here. Uh, issue 15 is titled The Christmas a Christmas Eve in Hell. And this one actually takes place in Libya in December of 1940. And in this one, Kowalski uh, possesses a Sergeant Lucian Dax of the Italian Army. Now, I looked this up. There was a, a, a Greco-Italian war going on at this same time. And, you know, I, I never thought about Italy being involved in World War II. And that this, this war was really separate from World War II. But, of course, the British forces and the Nazi forces, you know, did kind of pick sides. You know, the British were supporting uh, Greece and 
Hitler was, was I guess, supporting Italy at this time. Um, so, it's yeah, it's really interesting. I don't think Italy ever joined the Axis, but... Yeah, I just found that interesting. I, I kind of looked up some of that history, but I, I tried not to go too deep. Uh, but anyway, this there's an Italian uh, commando troop that's on a mission to take out a major British supply dump in Libya. And uh, despite many heroics, they are outflanked several times by the British forces. Uh, they make an arduous journey through the desert to the Mediterranean Sea, and eventually they're caught dead to rights near uh, Tobruk, Libya. And there's this guy from the Italian secret police named Signor, or maybe it's Signor, Giuseppe Tamarelli. And he threatens to shoot the Italian captain as a traitor if he surrenders uh, to the British ship. And at this point, John uh, jumps Giuseppe and knocks him into the sea, of course, getting shot and killed in the process. And uh, that's it. That's the last issue of War is Hell. And I was hoping this last issue might explain how John Kowalski became the embodiment of death. You know, like I thought maybe he'd, he'd finally stand up to death and they'd actually bat, he'd actually do battle with death and take over death. Or that was the last curse is like, okay, you've defeated me. Good luck. Now you've become death. You've taken over my role kind of thing. But there was nothing like that. It was just another, the last issue was just another issue. And following this this track. And I'm really glad I read this comic. I wasn't thinking much of it. I just thought it'd be kind of a cool rabbit hole to go down uh, for this offshoot. And man, it was very interesting rabbit hole to go down. And I learned a lot about uh, a lot of things I didn't know about World War II and different battles that took place in, in other places. Yeah, Dunkirk I was very aware of. And Poland, you know, I knew that that Poland was invaded. That kind of started the war, and a lot of the, but a lot of these other skirmishes and, and things I, I really didn't know about. So, learning experience. Comics can teach you things. Uh, you do have to, you know, <laughs> research beyond what the comic book is telling you because it's not completely factual. Um, it is an action comic, you know, so. But uh, yeah, that, that was very interesting, and uh, I'm glad I looked it over, and I hope you enjoyed this too. And uh, yeah, I guess I need to do another one for, uh, for Superman Red Sun, but that'll come at a later time. Thanks for joining me back here in the cave, and come back soon. The audio from this podcast is exclusive to patreon.com slash journeyinto.